Welcome to the Creatives and Focus Podcast. I'm James Reed, fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first box set in my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out the first three books of Shadow of the Dragon. Today, I'm joined by C.K. Miller. She's the author of the Roan Fire series. How are you doing today, Christy? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for, for having me here. Yeah, no, I'm glad to have you. It's always fun talking with another author. So yeah. So um, I always like to start out these uh, qu- these interviews with a a fun question. And since we're on Monday, I was just wondering, are you a Monday person, Christy? <laughs> a Monday person. I guess I kind of am. I I view Monday as more of the beginning of the week. Get things done. It's my I do my shopping. I do laundry. I start cleaning. And then as the week progresses, I get worse and worse and at being productive. <laughs> Awesome. This is also my day for doing adult stuff instead of of writing. I'm like, all right, I'll go. That's why I do the podcast on Monday. I was like, I can do the podcast and then go and and go shopping. I don't have to get stressed about missing work. I feel feel accomplished. Get it done. (laughs) So uh, how long have you wanted to be an author? How long have I wanted to be an author? Well, I've always loved anything cinematic. Like I wanted to be an actress for a long time. And then I'm like, I am so shy. I'm such a shy person. I'm introverted. I freeze. I start jumbling my words when I'm in front of people. But I I decided, you know, if I can write what's in my head or how the action should go, it flows much better. And I don't freeze up. And I can tell my story. So I think for the longest time, I think it was I was about 17 when I first started taking being an author seriously. Oh, 17. Okay. That's that's better than me. I didn't take it seriously when I was 17. <laughs> like I, I wanted to do it. And so, like, I want to be an author. So I'm going to go to school to become a mechanical draftsman. <laughs> okay. Nothing whatsoever to do with writing. Uh-huh. So uh, did you go to college for it? or? I did not. But a lot of my writing, learning has been from you know, just reading books, learning from other authors, listening to podcasts, watching tons of YouTube videos on how the craft worked, and just discovering what I liked and what I didn't like about people's writing. Yeah, that's that's how I did. I didn't go to school for writing. I mean, I, my last English class I took was 12th grade English because I had to to graduate. <laughs> yeah, I, I did take a course in college, a creative writing course there, but it, it kind of felt odd because the teacher never gave me anything to improve on. I guess I don't want to sound conceited, but it was almost like my work was good as it was and they just never had any constructive feedback for me. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed by that, (laughs) to be honest, because nobody's that good. (laughs) You're right. Well, I mean, sometimes young people think they're that good. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. No, No, I never took a creative writing class. I just, I don't know. I just always assumed they would want me to write stuffy literature, and so, and I want to write genre fiction, so I was like, I don't even... Yeah. You're just going to be like, oh, you wrote another story about fantasy dumb stuff. I'm like, yep, there you go. <laughs> That's how I imagined it would go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm that kind of student. I will just do something that'll annoy my teacher just to, because I would find it, I don't know, fun. I remember writing one 
in in high school, just as the short fiction piece. And I was so proud of it. I thought it was like one of my best pieces ever. And this teacher shredded it and it hurt. But at the same time, it's like, that's that's what I want. Because you only get better if people show you how to improve. That's true. My editor is always like, stop using the same word 15,000 times in your manuscript. <laughs> right? Yeah. I always find a new one, though. Do you ever go through and just like search? When she tells me, when she tells me I've done it, then I can go and search because I don't realize I do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I had this, I was writing about flying dragons. She's like, you got to stop using this word to describe them turning because it's the only word to use. And not only that, but they always turn to the right. (laughs) I was like, I have some left turns. We're doing circles. (laughs) That's kind of funny. That's the fun of getting feedback. So you can learn that you, you do stuff like that. I'm working on dialogue tags. I use too many of them. Yeah. I had somebody recently tell me that I use I used something a lot in my previous book. So I had to I had to go through that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the beauty of the find command. You can go and search things if you need to. You know, if unless you're writing by hand or something. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I tried I did that in junior high for a bit. Then like it was the 90s, so there was, like, computers and stuff. And so I just started writing on computers. And I never yeah. looked back because that's a lot of risk cramping. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, let's talk about your series, Rhone Fire, where it looks like someone's having dreams that are very concerning because they cause nosebleeds. And that, that doesn't seem like a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So the, the main character, she starts experiencing these, this recurring nightmare that just starts getting worse and worse and worse until the point where she's waking up with her nose bleeding and feels like she's burning from the inside out. And then she has to, she's got to make it stop because she's going crazy and it's ruining her career. And there's a whole bunch of other things going on in the kingdom, a pirate trying to infiltrate. And I don't know how much to give away. <laughs> I, I mean, just however much you want to like, who, what's her name? Um, her name is Kea. A lot of people have a hard time. They they they, they call her Kia, which I can kind of see. It's K E A. So, but okay. So she goes by Kea. What's she like? So she's she's a young soldier raised raised in a seaside keep where she's been trained to fight Leviathan pirates all her life. Um, but her guardian was a legendary warrior, and he ended up something really bad happened to him, and he ended up becoming a complete drunk and leaving Kea on her own when she was about 12 years old. And so she has been training and trying to make herself worthy of his name for the last five years. And then a stranger comes and asks about her guardian. And it looks like he was also trained by this master Eamon. And that spurs just a whole bunch of bunch of things forward. Okay. It sounds like a, a start to a fun adventure. Or maybe a dark tale or <laughs> I don't uh, know. a fun tale. I don't feel like I'm describing it very well. But there's okay. a bit of darkness there. Um, but it's more it's more just medieval fantasy. I don't have I don't have dragons per se or wizards or big magic. I tried to keep it more grounded, but there's so, definitely So like low some, fantasy setting? Yeah, low fantasy, definitely. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. There's some really low fantasy out there. Where it's hard yeah. to even call it low fantasy, except right. for it's not our world. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever read K.J. Parker? It's like he wrote historical fiction 
set in his own world he made up that's not our world is what it's like <laughs> that's, it's, that's it's like that level of like detail of like day-to-day life it's like wow this book feels like it's set in like medieval italy but it's not it's a very uh i don't know he, yeah, but he just has his own world with its own like cultures and stuff and but like he does like it really feels like yeah i'm reading historical fiction of a place that never existed well that's cool i haven't yeah. tried one of those books before <laughs> they're very interesting very different from other stuff you'll read like i said he's very uh he's very focused on i would say economics but he makes it interesting i mean he really does there's, he's got a book called folded knife and it's just about a guy who basically is a banker in a sort of uh rome basically just like a really wealthy merchant and his like financial dealings as he tries to increase his power and create proxy wars and uh get revenge on people and uh and how it all like how it all like how he started is just some like dumb kid <laughs> bad i mean the, like the book goes from like dumb kid to uh you know to seeing like his empire collapse because of his own hubris oh wow yeah, because, like, the book starts with him going into exile after it's all fallen apart. So this is not a spoiler. The book is ah. like, yeah, this guy, yeah, he used to be really important, but now he's, like, riding in the back of a wagon uh, trying not to be noticed because huh. it all went bad. And here's why it went bad, and here's his story. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, it's a very interesting book. That's kind of cool. I mean, anything economic-related is so hard for me to focus on i get bored with it but <laughs> I guess I, I it could be interesting yeah no he makes it work i think you know yeah i don't know it's i guess it's kind of like um ellie Monset, where like he has like characters that are very profession focused like you can learn how to like be a, a medieval carpenter reading i think magic of recluse because his main character is like a carpenter apprentice and yeah very yeah. but i don't know it makes it work some authors can make that work or maybe I'm the type of guy that likes reading that. Who knows? But yeah, no, it's a uh, so low fantasy is always fun. So uh, you have your girls. She's fighting pirates. She's got dreams that are bad. Is there a villain to the story? Yeah, it's actually the the dream that's a villain. She's oh. the the dream is the main villain. <laughs> there's that's, that's different. There's mm-hmm. there's there's more to this this dream. Um, but then there's also the, the the little the little villains here and there that are cropping up. There's like a um, there's a murder on a ship. Kaya's she's charged with escorting a noblewoman to the capital for the prince's coronation, and the noblewoman gets assassinated under her care. And she now she has to figure out who done it and why. And then there's an, an assassination attempt at the palace, and yeah, so there's just all these little little things happening. But the dream overall just keeps repeating and keeps interfering with everything okay cool sounds like a really really fun premise where did you uh, kind of come up with it i think i came up with it because i was suffering from migraines <laughs> Ooh. i know it's it's weird it's like about at the age of 18 i had my first migraine and then it gradually got worse until every week like on the dot I would get a headache or a migraine would start Friday night and last through till Monday morning. And these headaches kind of, for me, coincided with the dreams that my main character was having because she would wake up in pain and then there would be this constant headache afterwards. And so that's that's kind of where it came from in a way. Okay. Yeah, that really sucks. I mean, having a headache sucks and migraines are like headaches on steroids, I'm told. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I 
No, I've only ever had like mild headaches. It just won't go away for days. Not. You well, know. I, I I hope that's all you get. Even though even mild headaches are a pain, but I just hope that. Yeah, it's like annoying, but like it's not like it can't keep me from doing as long as it's not too physical. But yeah, yeah no, that is just it sucks. Do you still have your migraines or are they? They are getting much much better. I probably get one now every six months or so. So it's 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 gotten a lot better. Yeah, there's stuff in your life you're like, oh good, it's back. I have vertigo and it comes and goes. Uh, yeah yeah like it just like it'll just be like oh hey my vertigo is back yay yeah <laughs> the world yeah gets to spin around me for a moment uh but the, yeah so i don't know it's nothing like it's not debilitating because it only lasts for like a second these days like when uh, it first hit me like i woke up in the middle of the night and i spent six hours just kind of lying in bed with the world spinning around me oh dear it, yeah and i was like wanting to throw up and, I, and then it just suddenly I, my body just like corrected itself or, huh. um got used to it is your body like this is what i learned it's a depending on what your vertigo is but some most vertigo is caused by you get mineral deposits in your ear uh-huh. as you age and then they just mess up your balance but your body can learn to adjust to it oh. and uh and so like it's how i move my head if i move my head in just the right way uh it can move the stuff around in there to cause me to have vertigo again oh but, strange yeah it's very weird um oh. but that first night was just the worst I bet that was terrifying, too. I mean, that's oh. like, you're like, can I get up? Can I do anything today? Oh, yeah, I don't know if I got up. I mean, it was, you, you'd like ever spun yourself around a lot, and then you just, you start to stumble around drunkenly. That's yeah. what it was like getting up. Oh, like dear. Was, yeah, like, I get, I, I have named, uh, I have a little aura that appears on the left side of my vision when I start getting my migraines, and it looks like a little spider that's running across my vision. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've named my spider, my headache spider, Charlie. And so then I, then I know when I'm getting a migraine. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, for, I mean, I have sleep paralysis too. And I can always like feel it when it starts to happen. And like, so I usually can wake myself up before it really hits. Otherwise it's annoying. Sleep paralysis is just terrible. I, I've experienced that once and that was terrifying to me. Did you have, I, the, did you have the hallucinations with it? Yes, yeah. yes. And I had I had a um, six week old baby at the time and I was it was sleeping with him in my arms. And all of a sudden, like it was just weird. I felt like my body just couldn't move. There was just nothing I could do. Yeah. But you're actually just still asleep. Yeah. Mind thinks you're awake. Yeah. It's a very weird sensation. And your body is like paralyzed because you're supposed to be not moving right now. Right. (laughs) It's a it's a very it's a very weird moment. And uh yeah, and then you dream there's like a demon standing over you or something wanting to murder uh-huh. you. You can't move. It's the worst. Yep. But I don't know. I think now I can. I usually can wake myself up. But the problem is like I find if I go back to sleep immediately, I slip into sleep paralysis. Yeah, so like I can wake myself up and then if I go back to bed, I'll like, oh no, I'm going back into sleep paralysis again. No. Yeah, it's very weird. And usually I can like it doesn't like scare me anywhere because I like okay, I'm just gonna lie here. I know what's happening. No, there's nothing there. But yeah, and you just wait for it to pass. I don't get them long. I think I've heard people get them for like get them for like a long time. Mine are like just a few minutes. Oh dear, that's still terrifying enough though. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like with anything, you can get used to it. No, yeah, that's I guess that's true. Yeah. So usually, like I said, usually it's not terrifying. Usually I'm just like, oh, now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a. Uh... That's the fun of, I don't know, <laughs> life, I guess, right? But uh, no, I'll, maybe I'll write in a book one day and I'll just have someone possessed by a demon and they'll have terrifying encounters and I'll just, you know, use all those nightmares I had. Right? Just, yeah. They're completely paralyzed and the demon's standing over them. Yeah. Yeah. 
like I wrote a book where it takes place entirely in darkness. And my editor's like, why do you keep saying the darkness is smothering? Like, well, have you ever been in, like, complete pitch darkness underground in a cave before? She's like, no, it's smothering. It is. Very. Because when I was a dumb Boy Scout, we went into an abandoned Cinnabar mine, and then we all turned our flashlights off. (laughs) There was zero light, and you could really feel that darkness around you. Like, it was, it's not like being out at night. Yeah, I think it's so strange. It's like, you can almost touch the darkness, yeah, because like you can, like your hand be right in front of your face, and you don't see nothing. Yeah. Like, oh, there's zero light. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't, and I didn't have a flashlight on me, so it was really just the worst. That's scary. And of course, we were dumb. We, should, we were looking at yeah. mine. That's like warning: do not enter. And my Boy Scout troop was based off an Air Force base, and so our scoutmasters were just dumb airmen. They were like 22. Oh dear. So they were all, of course, as dumb as us. And so yeah. we did all sorts of fun stuff. I bet you learned a lot, though. Well, yeah. You know, fun ways to start fires with explosives. and <laughs> Like, and then I then I went to a new Boy Scout troop, and they were run by, like, proper adults, and it was so boring, and I did, and I dropped out. Uh, yeah. Stuff. We did, like, safe things. Yeah. That, no fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, my dad wasn't much better. So, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Did some dumb things when I was a kid. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was the 80s and 90s. They don't let kids do dumb things like this anymore, I guess. No, they don't. Yeah, once I once when I was like in the fifth grade, me and a friend were driving around in the mountains on an ATV by ourselves with guns. We were out hunting. And our dads were just like, yeah, that's cool. We'll just meet up with you guys. Just <laughs> we had like our rifles on and we were just driving down on an ATV down the dirt trail. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have an ATV. I had one of those three-wheelers that are banned now. Yeah, I drove drove those. Yeah, he had the four wheel, so yeah, so we were just like driving around. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. But yeah, so uh, you are on fire. How many books are in it? I have. I'm currently working on book four, and book four, I believe, will be the final book of the series. Fun. Yeah, hoping to get that one out in May. That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, that's not far off now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of stressing to be honest. <laughs> you uh, you kind you feeling that pressure to get it done? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's been I've rewritten this particular book probably six times now. Oh yeah. And then this these last three months I have sat there and reworked the first fifty pages over and over and over again, and things were just not coming together. And I finally figured that. It was me trying to push certain scenes that I really liked, and I wanted to keep them in there, but they just weren't weren't letting it flow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. Finally took those to, out, and finally I'm moving forward. <laughs> how to kill those darlings. Right? Yeah, that's, you know, you always have ideas. You're like, I think this will be cool. Then you're like, I can't make this work. Oh, well. Yeah. Or, I, I, I have a whole folder that could be a book on its own <laughs> of discarded scenes. <laughs> I had a book where I like I got to the ending and I'm like I my entire ending fell apart on me. Oh no! My whole climax. I I because when I thought it out I was like oh this is going to be great and then I get there and I'm trying to figure out the logistics of it and I'm like how how does the bad guy find them? <laughs> the, how does he find them? And I'm like, like I can't. I can't. Why does it not work? I can't because like the bad guy is like. It's not like it's like a it's kind of like a Terminator, like a, a, a living Terminator robot. Right. OK. Like basically, that's what's been done. And like they lost this person, uh, you know, in a very tense scene um, where they, they can't beat this thing. 
these uh my two like my two female thieves are like this thing is like he's like six foot six you know 300 pounds of muscle killing machine that doesn't feel pain and has a flaming sword and they're just like you know delay tactic because uh-huh. you just there's nothing and uh, so i was like i saw so i was like all right they're gonna lose him and now that he knows where they're going i'm like okay so they're going to go to the city and he's like but how does he find them in the secret prison when they're doing the prison break at the end of the novel to ambush them I'm like it's a secret prison he doesn't know about the secret prison he's too dumb to follow anyone if he just found them in the street he just attacked them immediately but then now it's just him stumbling on them in the middle of the street because he'd have no way to find them because they're thieves and they're going back to their home city where they have all their resources and could move around and be all sneaky and like <laughs> and i'm just like oh that's so hard, but but you know what? That was really cool to hear you say is that he's too dumb for this. It's like you he's stay too, true to your character, which is something a lot of authors have struggled to do because they want to make the story work. And yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah. He's, he's not like my villain. He's just my villain's bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> right? The villain wouldn't be able to find him. She's just like a, she's just like a, a queen. You know, she's very, she's like on the political savvy end. So she's not like. She wouldn't be able to find them anyways, even if she had come, because she wasn't, because she's too busy, you know, being her a queen, you know, where right. they fled from. So I'm just like, ah. and I'm like, how do I end this book on anything know. with excitement? And so like, I, I just write the prison break. I'm like, all right, well, we got the prison break. I have, it's not exciting because there's like, it's, it's, because it's, they're not supposed to like, th- these characters aren't supposed to like be doing a bunch of actiony stuff. They're, you know, they're supposed to sneak in and sneak out. That was the point. The point was that he was going to ambush them in 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 the sneaking out, and I'm like, oh, this is just a mess. Oh no. And so like they rescue their prisoner, who they put in there in the first place. That's the fun part of it, because it's like they're old. It's like they're their old teammate that betrayed them, and so <laughs> she, they oh. put her, now they have to get her back because they need her. They need information that she has. Oh, uh, so are you kind of a pantser? No, I well I had this novel plotted. The problem was I didn't realize the logistics of it. Like it's simple on plot. Like guy ambushes them in prison. Next <laughs> plot, right? It was so simple on paper. And then I'm like trying to write it, and I'm like, this is a nightmare. And then I the can't. characters play out, and it's different. Ugh. And then I found. And then that's actually what happened. So then I'm like, okay, now she's just going to. Now I have to end this sort of love triangle that's sort of kind of forming where there was like kind of two guys. I, when I wrote the story, I wasn't sure which one I wanted for her love interest. Uh, I was going to just see how the relationship... So I did was pantsing the relationship. Uh-huh, okay. And so, like, because I, I was kind of... Well, I was pantsing the story to some event, because I, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted her... The the one, like, one of the love interests to be, like, actually the end up to be the ultimate villain or not. And so there would be, like, she would fall for him, and then, oh, no, he's, you know, actually evil. Uh-huh. So I was facing that, but I didn't go that route. So I just went, okay, they're just going to... You know, she is going to be with him. But, like, this other guy was there in the background, like... He was very helpful. He, he clearly had a thing for her. And, like, she never, like, encouraged it, per se. Uh-huh. Any more than, like, you know, just, like, a woman, you know, like, taking, you know, someone's, like, offering her help, but she's taking, you know, she's using it. And so, like, she's like, hey, you know. So he's, like, trying to make his move. She's like, oh, hey, you know, I got this guy. And I'm like, oh, no, this dude's, like, a nice guy. <laughs> he didn't react well to being told that after he, like, after he, like, betrayed his organization, helped them break out this woman from prison, he's been helping them out, you know, he's been, like, you know, he's been putting in his time, now he expects to get his reward, and she's, like, saying no, and he's not a good person, really, because he's, like, a secret police, so he's a shady dude anyways, uh-huh. and I was, like, oh, I was, like, his background, I'm, like, yeah, no, there's his background, his, you know, his mother was, like, a prostitute, so he's kind of got a, a very 
skewed opinion on women anyways uh -huh. and like see them more as as a objects as opposed to people and right. i was like and it was all in this crystallized moment of writing this scene that went oh i found my climax <laughs> well it's kind of cool when it happens but yeah it was very because it was a this book was just a mess so, so is that it, book out or are you still yeah yeah that book that book's been out for like um a year now oh nice yeah so like uh that was the fourth book of the mask of illumination series I don't remember which one it is. They're all like Mask of something. I think that one was Mask of... Huh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I Like, I know what they all are. I just don't remember which one or which anymore. I wrote like a 12-book series since I published that one. And so... Oh, and now, wow. Hang on, now we're going to have a 7-book series. So it's like this, is like, this is like two series ago now. Wow. And so so like, how many books do you have out then, total? Uh, I have published novels... You know, when you have to add that swarm, you know it's too many. Uh, 23, <laughs> I have 23 full novels published. Oh, my gosh. Plus, uh, like, plus I've written a bunch of, like, novellas with Michael Evan. But not most of them aren't published yet. Uh-huh. He keeps, like, writing more. He keeps wanting me to write more. Then he doesn't ever publish anything. <laughs> he just gets them out to beta readers. He's like, oh, these, the, the, art, the readers love them. I'm like, yeah, but you never publish them. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get them out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's our plan for this year. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because he wants me to write one more, though. He always wants me to write one more. Yeah, there's always one more. There is. He keeps like, this is the last one. I'm like, yeah, I've heard that one seven times now, Michael. <laughs> He's like, all right, we're just going to write this trilogy. I'm like, okay, Michael. He's like, wait, there needs to be one more book to finish it off. And I'm like, of course. So how do you find, like, writing novellas? Because I've been toying with the idea. I've got some side characters that I was thinking I want to branch off from my Run Fire series and write something from their perspective. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. They're, his stories, like, he just does the outline. I just, like, I just make them into not an outline. Okay, yeah. You know, there's, like, I put my own some of my own stuff in it. But mainly I'm just, like, following his outline. And generally his stories just are 20,000, 30,000 words. Okay. That's all it takes to get it done. So... <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I guess they're short. I mean, they're, yeah. they're like it's like writing a novel. They're just like it's like a really short novel. Just a very short novel. Yeah, it's it's a very like yeah, it's you know, it's it's got a it gets in gets out. I guess. I just have a hard time ending things. That's why this I think what this book four has been so hard for me is I'm really good at doing cliffhangers and yes. like letting things continue and linger and make people fret about them, but actually tying things up in a nice neat bow and having it finished is so hard for me it's daunting i remember that first first fantasy series i wanted to finish that that last book was intimidating and there was so much it was my most epic of epic fantasy series yeah really big i mean that last book was 200 275 000 words oh wow yeah like it was a beast i uh, split that up into three books it wasn't a I don't know. It was really it was just a one. It's just because it was a, it was so much like just a lot of characters. Yeah. And like it was like so it was like epic final battle. Like the final battle stuff was seventy thousand words in and of itself. Just oh wow. To, just to do the ending epic because it was a lot of stuff. It was a lot of a it's like sort of a desperate like delaying war on the side of our heroes while they're making time for my main character to come you know in with like the object they needed. So like. Like, one of my main characters is doing the delaying action. The other one's trying to get the, the object they need to kill this goddess. And, and it's all like good. And she gets just driven back and back. And it's just a lot of 
it's a lot of it's a lot of action. Yeah, but even then, the novel is still two hundred thousand words to get to that point. Wow. And there wasn't like a good place to cut it. I felt. Uh huh. Because I did think about that. I just I didn't I didn't feel it. It felt like it would there was any good place. Because all of them had like a good, like all of them had a place to cut, and this one didn't. And uh, now I make shorter books after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, yeah, I haven't gone over, I think, 120,000 words in the subsequent, you know, uh, 18 novels. <laughs> well, actually, more because I have a bunch of unpublished novels that need to get out. So I have like six, I have like six other novels that are, that can be published, like, Three of them are ready. I just we have to have fine time with my my publisher to get them out. Yeah. I think he's delayed by other stuff, <laughs> which makes me think he's not really all that thrilled with them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just daunting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, and then I, I'm working. I got another trilogy that's I'm in the process of editing that I had set aside. I, like I wrote the first two books and then went three years and wrote and finally got back to writing the third book because um, I got some bad feedback on the first book. Oh, oh and like it really it, I was already like on the fence because I felt like I don't know I felt like I, it was unmarketable oh dear <laughs> and so then I gave it to a friend and she she tore it apart Ooh. and she hated it she's like she's never hated one of my books before oh dear and so I was like all right I'm gonna just um I'm gonna write something marketable shadow <laughs> of the dragons we're gonna have dragons and go on a quest and yeah, so like, yeah, I, I, but then I kind of wanted to go back to it. So I finally, after I got this 12 book series written and done, I was like, all right, we're going to go back to it. And we're going to finish this novel. And I, cause I just want to get it done, even if people don't like it. And I sent the first book to my editor and she just, she finished editing it and she said it gave her nightmares. <gasps> in a, in a positive way? She like, liked the book. She liked the okay, book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but she was like, she said like, a, cause like I said, this is a book where it takes place entirely in darkness. Like, it takes place in the city where they're, like, something bad happened in the city, and um, a barrier of darkness crashed down on it, and no one can leave, and um, there's no, like, sunlight gets in. And there's also these evil spirits that if you make light outside, they will murder you. Yeah. So everyone's basically, unless you're, like, unless you're, you know, you have, like, every single, like, window covered up and doors and stuff, you can have light inside. But, like, if you're outside, no light, or you're, you know, you're going to die. You know, scary. <laughs> yeah. And so I have a book set place, you know, in this complete darkness uh, and, you know, and it's it's complete decay and like society is completely and utterly collapsed. There's, you know, bands of roaming. Like, it's not a great place if you're a woman. Uh, oh, dear. Unless like, well, the rich people, they're all fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the mages. <laughs> but everyone else got left to fend for themselves. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so it's a. Uh, yeah, it's just about this brother trying to keep his uh his girlfriend and his little sister alive. And yeah. In a place where that's becoming increasingly difficult is it just breaks down more and more because like it's an unsustainable place. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm without sunlight, there's no food, really. <laughs> well, I, I like I had a so I had a mat this is where the mages come in. Oh yeah. I had to like like cause the, the, so it's like the the idea I had the idea for years, but like to make the idea work. So I also wanted there to be a, a time jump. Like, they've been in this for a while. So I was like, the first thing I had to do is I have to come up, I have to solve the food issue. And that requires me to have mages. Uh, and they're going to have to, and they, they're going to have to do their magey stuff to keep, uh-huh. like, you know, to work fast. And create, and create, uh, within, with the assistance of the very rich, uh, the merchant lords of the city. Um, so they worked in tandem to basically create something that 
can be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then the people outside of it, they help because like, you can buy food from them because um, like basically it's all running off algae and it, the algae needs um, it needs stuff to eat. And, you know, you pr- you make that stuff. Yeah. And so like there's a way. But the problem is, is like as things are collapsing more and more, like uh, there's there's like a supply issue as, le- as there's less people. There's less stuff for the algae to eat. So there's less algae being produced. So there's less food to be eaten. So there's more people dying. See, it's a, it's a horrible feedback loop no, that's going to death spiral on the city. And uh, our, our characters are kind of just like they're kind of at that tipping point as they're trying to figure out some new way to survive. That's just really all they're focused on. And then we'll subsequently get into why this happened and to fix it. Um, but yeah, the first book is really just about the survival and the setting up the world. And, and then we'll get into that in the later books. That's it's, a, fun. <laughs> it's fun. And then my then my editor's always like, why do you always have? have like people looking at things i'm like well you still look at things in the dark you like hear a sound you're gonna turn your head to look just instinct (laughs) he's like why did that person say i'll see you later like well because this is language you're still gonna tell people i'll see you later even if you can't see (laughs) like i've had blind people because i used to drive around blind people and other disabled people and like blind people would say i'll see you later you know it's just it's just it's just an idiom like language will preserve weird stuff like that even if their original uses are gone it's the fun of like getting into you know language and why we have weird expressions that you're like why don't we use this word for this yeah oh this weird like situation and we don't use it and like but like there's another meaning of that word that's nothing like it right i keep i keep googling um there's like a certain word it's like i like this word but i'm like but mine is kind of set medieval fantasy is that a word that they used in that time period and sometimes i'll find that it was super popular and other times no they they didn't even know what the word meant at that time. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And also meant different. You know, silly used to mean holy. Silly? Uh, if you go read like uh, Canterbury Tales, you'll find that like, he'll call like a woman a silly woman. And he means she's like a, a holy woman. Or, oh, like, wow. a, really? or a faithful woman. Yeah. But now it doesn't mean that. <laughs> it oh, means no, something so. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me think that there was a lot of, so like, I don't know, holy people that were acting very dumb and the word. <laughs> are being used as a pejorative instead of as a uh, as a compliment. <laughs> that, that could be accurate. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, this fun. Yeah, no, like they were very crass in medieval times. You know, one of our one of our favorite swear words like goes back to medieval times. Yeah. Used to put it. They used to put it on street signs. Yep. And then the Victorians renamed them all to ship. You ever see a ship street in um in England? Just replace that P with a T, and that's what it used to be. And that's where uh, they used to take their. Uh, that's where their public latrines and stuff used to be. Wow. A lot of fun stuff. There's so much medieval stuff is so fascinating that they had a lot of weird stuff. Uh, and I was watching a podcast where like where a woman was talking about like she was she wrote a book about kind of like sex in the medieval the medieval period and she was like we we got a hold of like the list like confessor like the priest was supposed to ask you in confession and the list of sexual acts they were supposed to ask you about you're just like wow I what were you people doing in the medieval ages? Wow. Um, she wouldn't say them on the YouTube channel. She was just like, <laughs> they're just, ah, uh, wow, medieval people. That's crazy. I get, I'm, I write young adult fantasy, so mine don't, That's don't fair. get. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I write more on the, I write more mature stuff. So yeah. I do stuff like that. <laughs> Not that bad, but like, yeah, no, I write. Yeah, I write some stuff. But anyways, uh, so you have hopefully book four, Run Fire is going to be out in May. Yes, yes, that's the goal. So you're just you're just really in the so you so you haven't actually finished writing it. I well, it's mostly written. 
it, it's like the whole storyline is there. And during NaNoWriMo, I kind of barfed it all out. But there are some details that just aren't aren't there yet. Yeah. So just just kind of fleshing it out, really, and making all the little pieces come together so it feels much richer, I guess. Yeah, no, I got to. So you haven't put it up for pre-order on Amazon, have you? Not yet. I Good. Think, um, at least because that's a deadline you can't miss. No, no. I've, I've got, I'm waiting. I've got my editors on standby for next month. So um, she's she's like, just let me know. I'm ready to to go through it. So she's going to try and get through it through April. Yeah. So I yeah. Did, a, did a Blitz release of 12 books last year. We put them all up on pre-order. And uh-huh. they, were, they were all written they weren't all edited oh and so it was it was very stressful i bet that was stressful <laughs> and but my editor she kept up yeah. and uh yeah and anyways uh so where can uh listeners connect with you on the internet well facebook definitely i'm on there i'm on instagram and twitter not twitter i i i have a hard time with twitter i have an account but i'm never on it <laughs> that's fair and uh but tiktok i'm starting to do a little bit more there, but I mostly share my art, so not much writing on on the TikTok. But if they want to be updated on how writing is going, Facebook, Instagram, and then my personal website are definitely places to find it. Awesome. Well, it was really great uh, talking with you, Christy. Yeah, you too. I, you. I appreciate this. You have a good one. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read. Or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.